Ah, yes, guys, it does not take long at all, does it, to go from Prince Charming to Prince Clueless, right? You know, we, we go from wooing our wives to being a source of woe is me for them. doesn't take long at all. Uh, I learned that pretty quickly. Within uh, about a year of marriage, um, I really blew it pretty big one time. Um, we'd been married a little over a year. My wife was uh, finishing up her elementary education program at Concord University, and she had to commute uh, to go there. She had all her classes there in Athens, and so she would leave really early in the morning for her classes. She would get up around uh, you know, 5 and be on the road by 6 and start classes around 7, and she would have classes all day long, all the way until evening, so she wouldn't get home probably until 8, 9 o'clock sometimes. And one particular night, she actually had to stay over. She didn't come home till 10 o'clock. And so she was there literally the, the entire day. So she comes in late, tired, dragging, and I'm sitting there on the couch. I'm just watching TV or something, and I say, hey, how was your day? And she says, oh. It was agonizing. It, was, it just never ended, and I was starving. I only had a little bit of food that I packed. I forgot to pack extra because I forgot I had to stay over. I am starving. And I said, oh, well, um, I got a pizza. And she said, oh, great. That sounds wonderful. And I said, yeah, but um, I ate it all. And she starts laughing. She's like, that's good. You ate it all. Where is it? And I said, no, I I really ate it all. She said, you ate an entire pizza? I said, yeah, I was hungrier than I thought. And I just just kept eating, and, and then it was just, it was gone. And so right there, she drops her bags, and she started crying. And so I'm like, okay, husband of the year award, here we go. Uh, now, I did leave, and I went and got her Arby's, okay? So I, I made up for it. Um, but, you know, I have moved on from that. I moved on from that. And I, I have done what most of you husbands have done, whether you admit it or not. As you move on from experiences like that where you totally blew it, and you mature, and you grow, uh, when you see a newly married guy, you tend to have this attitude, even if you don't fully embrace it or even recognize it, it's kind of like, (laughs) look at that rookie. Man, what a mistake he made. Man, I'm so glad I'm beyond that now. You know, we become like the Pharisee in the gospel where he, he, he prays to God and he says, Oh Lord, I thank you that I am not like this sinner, this tax collector. We kind of play that part, guys, don't we? If we've been married a long time, it's easy to do. And so sometimes I can get into that mode. You know, it's like, oh wow, man, did they blow it. And my wife, all she has to say is, Pizza. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right, you're right. See, that, that's what we do. We think we've arrived after, after a little bit of time, and it doesn't take long at all, and we forget how far we still have to go, all of us. I mean, none of us have arrived yet. And every time we, we think we have arrived, something's going to come up and remind us that we haven't. Right, guys? And if you want to 
kind of evaluate yourself and your level of commitment with your wife and you want to really have an objective standard for how your love level is, the kind of love you're loving your wife with and how good you're doing there, <clears throat> guys, husbands, don't look at other husbands, okay? Don't, don't compare yourself to other husbands. There's always going to be somebody that, that is an example of one who blows it and you're going to make yourself feel better for a little while if you look at them but any of us, any of us at all, no matter how long we've been married, the best of us, all we have to do to remind ourselves how far we have to go is look to Christ. That's all we have to do. We have to look at Jesus Christ and His example, and then we see, oh wow, I have a long way to go in being the husband my wife needs. I have a long way to go in showing the kind of love for my wife that I'm meant to show and that she needs to have. So don't look at other husbands for your love level uh, to be judged. It's not, an accurate, it's not an accurate standard. The way you love your wife, husbands, the way you love your wife needs to be compared to Christ, not other husbands. Okay? I know that's hard. Ephesians 5.25 says this, Husbands... Husbands, love your wives. Stop right there for a second. Husbands, love your wives. In our English language, you know, we don't have different words for love. We mean it in different ways, but we don't have different words to describe the difference that we're trying to apply. You know, I, I love Chinese food, and I really do. I mean, I love some Chinese food. But I love my wife, and hopefully... It's a different degree, right? You, you'd hope so, but it's the same word. And on and on I could go with example of that. In the Greek, which this verse is written in, in all the New Testament, there's different words to describe different kinds of love. And the word that Paul uses here, husbands love your wives, it's the word agape. Agape. And this word describes the ultimate kind of love. The ultimate kind of love. This is a, a sacrificial, giving kind of love. And the word has very little to do with an emotional response. It has very little to do with, to do with feeling. You know, um, a lot of times we get hung up on feeling. I just don't feel like this. Or I feel like that. And we base so many decisions on feelings, don't we? All of us do. It's not just a, a woman thing, guys. Let's be honest. And we're able to be pretty emotional ourselves. But this word agape, it has very little to do with how I feel. Very little to do with emotion. It actually has a lot to do with choosing. With a choice. It has a lot to do with choosing to deny self for the sake of another. Denying self for the sake of of another. That's what this word means. So Paul says here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to command, husband, love your wives. Husbands, agape your wives. Go the ultimate distance with your love. Don't just stop at feeling. Don't love them the way you love your, your close friends or your other family. You need to go deeper. Love them with a sacrificial, giving, self-denial kind of love. And then he says, and here's the example you're to follow in that. 
Here's the measure that you're to measure your love by. It's not another guy. It's not even yourself. Look at this. Just as Christ. Just as Christ. The perfect, eternal Son of God and Messiah. The incarnate One. God with us. This Jesus who existed for all of eternity in perfection and glory of angels who left all of that to come to earth for you, for me, to sacrifice Himself. That's the measure we're supposed to measure ourselves by. Just as Christ loved, same word, agape, loved the church, and then this is the way He he described that love. This is the length He went to to back up His love. And gave himself up for her. Wow! Right? I mean, I love when I do premarital counseling and I'm, I'm counseling with the, the couple and I look at the guy and I always talk about this passage and I love when I see his eyes kind of widen because it's like, okay, yeah, he's starting to understand what this means. He's getting the implication of this. This is not easy. This is not simple. This is like a really hard thing. This is a tall order. Wait a second. I mean, I know I'm supposed to love my wife, but you're telling me that I'm supposed to love my wife to the ultimate degree, which means like I I deny myself, I deny everything else for her sake, I put her above every other thing, I love her more than anyone else. Okay, I can even get there, but you're telling me I'm supposed to love her in that way like Christ loved the church? I mean, He's God. And I mean, he, he didn't hold anything back. He actually said, I love you so much that He actually laid down His life literally for the church. You mean I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to follow that example? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm not just saying it. <laughs> God's Word saying it. And they just sit back in their chair and they're like, oh, that's a good thing. When they get to that point, that's a good thing because they're starting to realize what they're called to be, what they're called to do for their wife, and it ceases to be just this easy thing to say, oh, I love you. Because, I mean, words are, are cheap, right? Words are easy. Actions are hard. Any action's hard to back up your words. But this, this takes it to a whole new level. Because when Paul says here that Christ gave himself up for her, in this particular passage, he doesn't quite go into all the detail of what that means. We have to look elsewhere for that. In another place, he writes in Philippians 2, 5-8, he writes about what that really means for Christ to, to have given up himself. What it means that he loved the church enough to give himself up for it. He goes into much more detail. It's one of the most powerful examples and descriptions of Christ's sacrifice and what it involved in all the Bible. So I want to I want to look at that. I want us to see what that really means. What's wrapped up in the concept of Christ giving himself for us like Ephesians 5:25 says. So Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says this. And before I read, um, please understand, obviously I'm talking in this direct context today with you about husbands loving your wives, but this passage that we look at in the specific context it was written, 
By no means is this written just for husbands and wives, okay? This applies to all of us. What Paul commands here in this passage, this applies whether you're single or married, man, woman, child, it doesn't matter. If you're in Christ, if you're a follower of Christ, this is what is to mark you, okay? So I just want to have that word of clarification. So here we go. Philippians 2, 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. There's another big bomb dropped. Like, oh man, Paul, you're killing me here, right? Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, because that's what Jesus is, He's very God. What the Father is, so is the Son. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God, which He had, which was His by rights, Something to be grasped. And that really means literally held on to, held fast. It's the idea of what my little boy does, my three-year-old does, um, and I, I'm cherishing it because my girls did it too, and they don't do it anymore. Um, when I leave to go somewhere, he wraps himself around my ankle. Sometimes it's even just from one room to the other. And he wraps himself around, and he just holds on tight, and I'm like, okay, okay. You know, that's what he does. And, and again, I, I'm, I'm holding on to that as long as I can because it goes too quickly. But that's the idea here. He, this is Paul saying Jesus didn't do that. He was in very nature God. He had equality with the Father, but he didn't just hold tight to it and not let it go. That's not what he did. Instead, look what the Bible says here, verse 7. He didn't do that, but instead he made himself nothing. Or he emptied himself. Taking, adding on to his divine nature. Taking the very nature of a servant, and literally it's slave. Slave. Being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Another thing really hard for us to do, because we love ourselves, don't we? Like we're our biggest fans. But he, who is very God, he humbled himself. Made himself lower than anyone else. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So that's the standard, husbands. (laughs) That's the standard of love. You really want to love your wife? You've got to go farther in that than you do with any other thing or any other relationship. You've got to love her more than, than literally anyone else other than God. And as you're loving her, your standard, the way you compare yourself to to see how you're doing on that, like how, how am I doing at loving my wife? You don't look at other husbands, because we're all jokers. Come on, let's just be honest about it. You don't look at other husbands. It's pretty easy to think you're doing pretty good compared to <laughs> some guys. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. It'll clear it up really quickly. If you look to Jesus and you see his example and you're reminded of what he did, the length he went to, the expression of his love, wow, all of us have a long way to go, right? Right? So, with all that being said, the question is, all right, so what's a guy to do? What's a guy to do with that? I mean, how do we live that out? We're supposed to, to love our wives in an agape love. We're supposed to love our wives like Christ loved the church. How are we supposed to do that? 
Well, there's a lot of things we could do with that. I mean, we can we could go to a lot of different areas and we could cover a lot of different concepts, but I, I want to share with you what I think are three major things that we need to pursue to live this out, to flesh this out. Some very specific ways of actually putting this into action, okay? So the first way that I think we can carry this out and live this out the way we should is to communicate. To communicate. Communication. Communication. And what I mean by communicate or communication is we need to be engaged. And I don't mean engaged like we have to do that before we get married. I mean we have to be intentional. We have to be there. We have to be present, fully present. We have to be active in conversation with our wives. We have to be aware of how we're saying what we're saying. You with me? We have to be aware of how we're saying what we're saying. Uh, It's not enough to just use words. It's also important to ask ourselves and to constantly evaluate how are we saying those words. Um, we have to be very, very present. We have, to be make, we have to be sure that we are listening to our wives. That's communication. It's a two-way process, guys. It's not just I talk and talk and talk and talk and control the conversation and hurry up and get to the last sentence and so it's over. You know, that's, that's not communication. Uh, railroading the conversation is not communication. It's a two-way thing. It's talking and it's listening. And we are all very wise husbands if we listen a lot more than we talk. Okay? Can I get an amen or something with that? I mean, come on. We, we know. We know. We've lived, those of us who've been married any longer than a year or two, okay? We know what happens when you don't listen well. Nothing good comes from it. Okay? Um, and again, this is not just me saying this. This is the Bible. James 1.19 says this. Everyone... And for this purpose today, I'm looking at you, husbands, and I'm looking at me. I'm preaching to myself, guys, okay? I'm not just preaching to you. Everyone should be quick to listen, see? Slow to speak and slow to become angry. That's really a big one. Uh, You know, you might have had a hard day. You might be frustrated. You might be tired. And you might be having the same conversation you've had over and over and over. But that doesn't give you license and freedom to just vent and take all that out on your wife, okay? No. No good can come from that. Don't do it. Resist, resist, resist. Run from that. To quote Pastor Matthew, he's always saying, Here be dragons. There's dragons here, okay? Avoid responding in in a heated way, all right? Um, and, and I want to really stress the whole being engaged and fully present thing. Guys, I mean, I understand. I get it. Trust me that, that you like to just unwind and relax by sitting there on the couch and being in front of that nice big screen, especially this time of year with sports. I mean, you've got football, and next week the NBA starts again. It's a good time. It's a good time. But we all know what inevitably is going to happen, Right? You're going to sit down and you're about to watch that sport or that your favorite show, whatever it is, and right as you turn that TV on, boom, in comes your precious, wonderful wife who needs to talk about a very important matter right then and there. I mean, ladies, I've got to hand it to you. You are amazing. You've got like this this radar that it's like, oh, my husband's watching TV. 
I need to go in and have an, an hour conversation. And I mean, that's fine. Like, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm impressed. It's, it's incredible. It's uncanny that you're able to do that. Um, but guys, listen, what we need, I, I, I know, I know none of you struggle in your reaction with that, okay? I know that you all just, when that happens, you, you just are full of the Spirit so much that you look at your wife and you say, my darling, I know this is the championship game, but it doesn't hold a candle to you. Quick, let me just unplug the TV. I'm not going to just turn it off. I'm going to unplug it. My whole week is now yours. I know you do that every time, right? All the time. I mean, it's never like, <sighs> yes, you know, never, never, never struggle with that. But um, listen, not only do, do your wives have a, a radar about when you're trying to watch something for the time of conversation, they also have a radar about uh, your reaction to them coming to talk to you. Okay, and even if you don't say. This is annoying me. That's what they're going to hear. Oh, I'm a bother. Oh, I'm an inconvenience. Oh, this stupid game or show is much more important than me. Oh, you love me? Really? Oh, do you? That's what they're hearing. Right, ladies? Come on, can I get an amen? Yeah. Come on. They know. They're smarter than us. Okay? It's true. It's true. All right, so guys, listen. <laughs> Be engaged. Be fully present. Don't, don't have your phone out, you know, checking the scores on TeamStream while your wife's talking. It's the same thing. Okay, you're not being fully present. So that means phones down, TV off. It means you really do need to engage your wife. Look at her and actually listen to what she's saying and then respond when it's appropriate and do it. Do it out of a sincere heart. Okay, because you know what that's going to communicate to your wife? Wow, I am more important than this show. I am more important than this game. He, he really does love me. It's not just lip service. Wow, and that's what we're called to do. So communicate, listen, be quick to listen, be slow to speak. You know, open mouth, insert foot. That's what happens. So be slow to speak and definitely be slow to anger. Oh, my. Uh, and, and just be deliberate, be intentional, okay? goes a long way. And this is a big way of living out the agape kind of love that we're called to love with, all right? So next, not only are we to communicate with our wives, but we also need husbands to put her first. Put her first. Um, that means before yourself, before your desires, before other relationships, and before other interests. Put her first. And that means first. Now, obviously, God is over all of that. He is first, first, first. But other than Him, in your human relationships, in your human activities, she needs to be put first in all things. And husbands, wives know when, when that's not happening. They know. No matter what you say, the proof is in the action. And they, they know. And they feel really quickly... And they pick up really quickly on where they fall in the priority list, okay? So you've got to go after this. Pursue putting her first, all right? And then lastly, lastly, 
but not least, by any means, serve her. Serve her. This means even when it's hard, not just when it's easy. This means serve her not just when it's comfortable, but uncomfortable and unpleasant. You know, I mean, think of, uh, you guys have seen The War Room, right? How, everybody's seen The War Room by now, I would think. Let me see. You've seen The War Room, the movie The War Room? It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, see it. It's good. And in The War Room, I love the scene at the end of the movie. The husband who is an absolute jerk. I mean, if we compare ourselves husbands to the guy in that movie, we'll all come out looking like Prince Charming. All right? Uh, in that movie, I mean, the guy just blows it left and right. Awful. But he comes to Christ, and he, he turns his whole life around, and he begins to love his wife well. And this wife, who's um, a real estate agent, she's always on her feet. She has these sore, tired feet. And they're not just sore and tired. They're stinky. I mean, her feet, like, smell awful. When she takes off her shoes, people run, literally, in the house. They run away. And she's all the time, though, wanting her feet massaged and rubbed. And he won't do it. He won't do it. At the end of the movie, though, you know, his heart's right with the Lord. His heart's right with her. And he brings in this bubbly foot thing. I don't know what it is, but... I don't know, what is it, a foot spa? Is that what it's called, ladies? Foot spa? I hope no guy says, yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> leave that alone, guys. Leave it alone. Foot spa, I think, you know, and so, so it's, it's hot and it's bubbly, and, and he puts her feet in there after he takes off her shoes, and he starts to, to rub her feet, and she's like, oh, no, you really don't have to do that. I've been on my feet all day. And he says, no, I want to. And he, he takes out that, like this, um, this mask, you know, like, like the yard work mask, and he puts it over his face. And he puts on gloves, and he, he's, doing, he's rubbing her feet, and, and it's just the ultimate gift to her. She's like, oh, this is great. I know he loves me now, right? So guys, husbands, serve your wives. Serve your wives. Don't hold anything back. Whatever her favorite hobby is, do it with her, even if it's not something you like, you know? Um, don't be like, like Tim Allen on Home Improvement. You know, we all love Home Improvement. His wife always loves to go to the opera. He always hates it. And he always finds a way of getting out of going to the opera or sneaking out of, of the opera and going over to the game or listening to the game on a little radio. And she always finds out, don't do that. Find out her hobby. And if it's not your thing, get over it. Go do it with her, okay? Watch the, the cheesy chick flick that she's been dying to watch. I mean, you've already made her watch every action movie already, okay? Give and take, give and take. Serve your wife. Serve her well. Serve her continually. Remember, you and I, we are incredibly unlovely. We are incredibly unlovely. And we are incredibly unlovable in our natural condition. But the Lord Jesus Christ, the Creator of all things, the eternal Son of God, did not come to be served, but to serve. Right? And to give His life as a ransom for many. And we are to model that. We are to demonstrate that. We are to shine a great big light back up to Him in how we love our wives, husbands. We're to exemplify that. So, 
How are we to live this out, this loving our wives the way we're supposed to, the way they need us to? Communicate. Put her first and serve her. Serve her well. Serve her often. And here's the thing. Here's the, the hope that I can give you in all this. Because you look at this like I do. You say, wow, this is just overwhelming. I don't think I can do this. I don't know how I can do this consistently. Like I might have a good day here and there. I might have a little bit of a track record where I'm, I'm good at this. But at some point, I'm going to crash and I'm going to burn. I cannot sustain this kind of love on my own. My answer to you is, you're right. You're right. Good, good, yeah. Know that. Admit that. Own that. But that's not the end of the story. There's hope. There's hope. Look at what 1 Thessalonians 5.24 and 25 says. Here's, here's our answer. Here's our redemption, husband. The one who calls you, God, is faithful and He will do it. See, it's not up to you and I to maintain this level of love. It's not up to us to do this all by ourselves. If it were, we would have no hope. None of us could do that. I mean, no matter how much I may want to love my wife with an agape love, I am incapable in my humanity of doing that in an ongoing manner. I need help beyond myself, and so do you. And we have it. We have the help constantly available to us in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good news? It's good news. It's not up to us. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. So that means, husbands, you've got to humble yourself before God. You've got to admit your lack and you've got to admit that you are desperately in need of him to love your wife through you. You hear me? Love your wife through you is what you need to ask God to do. Say, God, I know I need to love my wife with an agape kind of love. God, I know I need to love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. I believe that. I know that's what I'm called to do. It's a command. I want to obey it. But God, I just can't. I can't do it. I'm far too selfish. I'm far too weak. Please love my wife the way I'm supposed to through me and give me the power by your spirit to love her consistently the way I'm supposed to. That's what we need to do, husbands. Second after second after second. It's an ongoing process. And the promise is as we do that, He is faithful and He will do it. It's good news. But it doesn't stop there. Verse 25 says this, Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. So as we are praying constantly on our face before God, admitting our weakness and asking Him to empower us to love you wives the way we need to, we need you, brothers and sisters, married, singles, all of you. We need our fellow brothers and sisters to lift us up in prayer in this way. We need you, the church, to pray for us husbands that we will love our wives with an agape love the way Christ loved the church. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to actually put this into some action right now. Right now. And first, to all of you singles, you people that aren't married yet, I need from you, I need you to commit to regularly praying for all the husbands in this church that we will, by God's power, love our wives the way we talked about today, the way we saw in God's Word. That we will love our wives with a sacrificial, self-denial, giving love. And that we will mirror, that we will picture 
Christ's level of love in how we do that. I need you to commit to praying for us. Lift us up in prayer. Would you be willing to do that? Let me see a show of hands of you who are willing to do that. And by willing to do that, I mean designate a time every day, a specific time on the clock that you are going to pray for the husbands in this church. Come on, let me see. We need your help. We need your commitment to do that. Lift them up high. Let us see them. Okay, husbands, are you encouraged by that? Guys, if you raised your hand saying you're going to do that, please do so. I mean it. We need your help. We need your support. We need your prayer. We need your prayers lifted up on our behalf. Secondly, secondly, and, and this is where it gets uncomfortable, but maybe that's the point, okay? Because you know what it means to love our wives with an agape love? It means we have to be willing to get uncomfortable. It means we have to be willing to get out of our comfort zone. And so I'm going to put that to some action for us guys. Husbands, we all have a long way to go in reaching this level of love. Would you agree with that? Okay, good. I'm glad that you agree. I'd have to start all over again, and you guys don't want me to do that. We have a long way to go. We all are in desperate need of the power of the Holy Spirit, which we have through Christ. If you're in Christ, you have the power of God dwelling in you. And we all need that help constantly. And we need to be admitting that need regularly. So let's start now. What I want, what I want, and I'm I'm urging you, I'm admonishing you, my brothers, I want you to actually get out of your seat. I want you to come down here, use this whole nice wide space as a designated place of prayer where you come down and you kneel, you actually physically humble yourself before God. Because listen to me, there is something about physically humbling ourselves before God that is good for our soul, our spirit, our heart. It lets us know how serious we really are and how desperately we need the thing we're asking for. And it, and it, it honors God. He delights in a contrite heart, David says, all throughout the Psalms. So here's what I'm, I'm calling for you to do. My fellow husbands, my brothers in Christ, actually physically get out of your chair if you're able to. Come down, kneel here, and pray. And admit your need for God to love your wife through you the way you cannot love her. Confess any sins that are present in your life, in your marriage. Anything is holding you back from being the husband your wife needs. Confess that right here and now. Come on, let's do this. Be willing to do it. Okay? I'm going to be down here with you in just a minute. If you can't come all the way down, then get out from your seat and just kneel right where you are. Be serious about this, men. All right, wives, here's my challenge to you. And I know this is maybe a little awkward, a little uncomfortable, but I need you wives to commit to praying for your husbands to love you the way they need to. I need you wives to commit to praying for your husbands that they will love you as Christ loved the church with an agape love. I need you to do that. I need you to do that regularly, not just one time, but daily. And just as they are doing this right now, physically humbling themselves, I need you to come out and physically pray for them. So wives, your husbands are down here and they are praying for God to empower them to love you the way they're called to do. I think that should really speak to your heart. And what I want you to do is come out and actually place your hand on your husband 
and pray for them as they are praying. Will you do that, wives? Will you come down and lay your hand on your husband and pray for them as they are praying? The Bible says, If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Well, guess what? That needs to start in our marriages. God is honoring what is being done right now, right here. Let's just take a moment or two and pray. Church, those of you who are still seated, you pray for everyone that's up here, will you? Pray for every single person that's up here. Husbands and wives who've just done this, please, please know that when you love your wives, husbands, with an agape kind of love, it's really a win, win, win. Wives, keep praying for your husbands to love you that way because it's a win, win, win. Singles, it's kind of love that you're called to love your future spouse with. And those of us who are married, we desperately need your help in praying for us regularly because it's a win-win-win. First, it's a win for the husband because they're going to be obeying God's command in Ephesians 5.25. They're going to be obeying the Word, and God is going to honor that and bless their life for that. It's a win in a second way because, wives, you're going to have a husband who not perfectly but through God's power consistently loves you with an agape kind of love. And He's going to love you the way Christ loved the church. And you are going to be benefiting from that in incredible ways. And the third way it's a win is because everyone's going to see a difference in your marriage, saved and unsaved alike. People in the church are going to see this incredible difference in your relationship. People outside of the church are going to see this incredible difference in your relationship, and they're going to ask this question, what are you guys doing? What's, what's being done in your marriage? How do you have this kind of marriage? I want what you have. I want that. I want that to be in my relationship. I've looked everywhere, and I can't seem to find what you've got. And then you have this incredible opportunity, both of you together, to say, it's not us. It's not us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Let me introduce you to Him. And it's going to be a shining light on the power of the gospel because only the gospel frees us to be able to love each other this kind of way with an agape love. So let's pursue this together. Let's get after this together. All right? Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for every single person here, every husband, every wife, every single person. I thank you so much for gathering us together here at this time for this purpose. I thank you for your word and the power of it. Father, thank you for the ultimate example of love in your son Jesus, who did not say, no, they're on their own. No, they're too unlovable. They're too difficult to love. No, I'm comfortable here in my heavenly home. Thank you. No, he, he let go of all that. He came and he took on to himself human flesh. The one who created all things took on to himself humanity. And he gave that humanity in the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. 
all to give us life, all to show us and deliver to us the love we all want and the love we all need. Father, help us, please, all of us husbands who know your son Jesus, who have received his love, help us to turn around and give that love to our wives. We need your power, and you've given us that power through your spirit. Help us to surrender to him every moment. Thank you for what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you folks. You are dismissed. Thank you for being with us. Have a great day.